Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Tanya, you got COVID, I think, very early on. You weren't in Ireland at the time. You got it. And did you did you put it over you quick enough? I thought I was one of the lucky ones, to be honest. I got it early, but I got it mildly. And I thought, wow, I escaped that kind of um, dodge that bullet almost, if you will. We were at locked down at the time, uh, just like everybody around the world, pretty much. Uh, we weren't outside the door and I felt off. I felt tired. I felt weak. I got a little bit breathless didn't have any temperature, didn't have any cough, and I lost my sense of taste and smell for mm-hmm. one day, just one day. And I thought, that's really odd. And literally the next morning, my mom sent me a text saying, oh, they've just put this symptom on the list for WHO as a symptom of COVID. And I went, I think I've had it. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. No temperature, no cough, none of the typical symptoms that were there at the time. Did you get tested at any stage? Yeah, we uh, in where we were, everybody was. It was they were doing ma- pretty much mass testing, and they were checking on people, kind of almost like on a door to door basis. So where were you? Yeah, I was in Cuba at the time. Oh, I see. So um, they had a very very strong public health uh, control policy, and I got it. My husband got it. Um, my two kids got it, but was very 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 mild, and so we were very thankful that we came out the other side, and that we were all intense purposes healthy and then things started to go downhill and get complicated about six weeks after I was infected. Right so you were fine in between and then? I I mean I was fine in inverted commas I was stressed out because kids were at home you know homeschooling trying to keep them entertained trying to to figure out what you were going to do my whole career had just been put on hold I had worked in in the travel industry the border was closed so there was a lot of stress around that time but you kind of I was tired and not sleeping well but that could have been for any number of reasons not necessarily just the beginning of long COVID but it was six weeks later that I started to really notice that I was getting out of breath very very easily walking up a flight of stairs I would have to stop and catch my breath and catch my breath like you know a very very elderly person Mm. (laughs) Um, and and I thought there's something not quite right but I couldn't figure out what was going on And it just progressed and a whole heap of symptoms just rained in one on top of another. And eventually I started thinking this may have something to do with COVID. And and I didn't I didn't know why I thought that because I had no evidence and certainly nobody was talking about long COVID at that point. 
but I had trained once a long, long time ago in science, and I always go back to the data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started searching and Googling, and in this case, Dr. Google and was very informative, and the WHO were initially talking about some persistent symptoms, and I was going, hmm, have some of them have actually nearly all of them. And then I found a online group out of New York, um, which now has, I think, upwards of 70,000 members who started calling it long COVID. And from there, um, I started kind of delving more and more into it. And then by that stage, I was six months post-infection. And at that stage, they had come out with the long COVID, um, at least at the WHO level, kind of um, talking about it and, and what symptoms could be associated with it. But it took a, another while longer. It took a, probably until about October last year. So that was from March until October till I actually saw a doctor who said, yeah, no, you have long COVID. How bad did it get? Um, we, we, moved, we moved, we did a relocation in the middle of the pandemic. Great fun. <laughs> um, and I came home and I was very sick. I was bed bound. I would only be able to get up out of the bed to bring the kids to school. And I would come back to the bed and I would sleep until they finished school, go down and collect them and go back to bed again. Um, when I got out of bed, I would have dizzy spells, um, fall over often. If I did any sudden movements going from sitting to standing or lying down to sitting, I would have almost blackouts, um, tachycardia and kind of palpitations mm. just out of nowhere. Um, lack of lack of oxygen. I bought myself an O2 um, oxygen meter And you don't realize really how low your oxygen stats are sometimes. But at this level, we've been speaking for, what, three minutes or something? Mm. At this point, October last year, I would be out of breath and unable to speak anymore. Um, It was that bad. My oxygen would regularly dip down into the 80s, which they tell you if if it goes below, I think it's 90, you should be calling the doctor. If it goes below 80, you should be in hospital. And that would help happen on a regular basis. I wasn't getting enough oxygen into into my body. Had you any concept of how long this might go on for? None. That was the scariest bit. That was the absolute scariest bit is that you don't know how long it's going to last. And that unknown causes unbelievable amounts of stress. Which adds to the problem. Correct. Because stress just inflames your body and creates a whole vicious uh, feedback loop of stress, inflammation mm. and continued symptoms. Um, it's, it's maybe now, uh, you know, a year and a half later that perhaps I can have a little bit more perspective or people who are infected now with COVID who will go on to develop long COVID can have a little bit more of a perspective. Mm. I mean, I'm 19 months past, I think, post-infection. I'm not 100%, but I'd say maybe I'm 80%. Yeah. I was about to ask you how you are now compared to how you would have been, say, this time last year. Yeah. Um, it's also tricky because you have to adjust your lifestyle in order to be able to just survive with long COVID. So whereas before I was a pretty high octane type doing a lot of things in one day, now, you know, doing one thing in a day is all I will plan. Like if I have to do the shopping, that's it. Mm. (laughs) If I have a long day at work, there is nothing else that gets done. No, I cannot cook the dinner. I cannot bath the kids. So I've had to adjust my lifestyle to be able to 
keep my energy kind of they, mm. they talk about it in terms of spoons um you have a certain amount of energy at the beginning of the day a certain amount of spoons and when it's gone it's gone and you need to be very careful and and be careful of your energy and and take care of it so you have to learn to adapt unfortunately there's an old friend of mine who has long covid and said to me that there are days when i put the foot on the floor out of the bed and i realize the other foot is not coming out mm-hmm. and i have no choice in the matter i get back into bed and sometime later in the day, my body will give me permission to get up. You can identify with that. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, you know, you make plans with friends. You know, things are beginning to open up. You might go for a, a, a coffee. But you don't know if you're going to make that coffee or not. You don't know if you're going to have to be cancelling it. I think now what I do is I just say, look, plan, lads, and I'll tell you on the day if I'm able to make it or not. Oh, so it still happens to you, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it still does. Yeah. And and you can't always predict it. I mean, usually after a lot of um, physical activity, they call it post-exertional malaise, PEM. So after you've done a lot of physical activity, and I'm not talking about climbing mountains or marathons here, Mm. I'm talking about a normal day of a little bit of driving to work, coming home from work, maybe cooking a meal, and the next day you're paying for it. And by paying for it, Tanya, like what do you mean? Describe what that's like complete and utter exhaustion just fatigue that seeps into your bones that you just don't have the energy in your body or mentally either um you know brain fog comes with the territory of of exhaustion and fatigue and forgetting things and you know taking the milk out of the fridge and putting it into the cupboard or going to make a cup of tea and 20 minutes later realizing that you've made a soup for some random reason instead of a cup of tea you know things like that um it's the fatigue is overwhelming and it's it's difficult to explain or express it to other people because you don't outwardly have anything wrong with you you know you don't walk with a walking stick you're not in a wheelchair you don't have an obvious disfigurement it's a, it's a hidden illness in many ways mm. and it's difficult for people to understand that level of fatigue because most people thankfully will never experience it Mm. it has a terrible effect on family life i mean Mm. last christmas i think was a bit of a write-off no total write-off yeah yeah um i was like tell me when dinner is ready i'll i'll make a huge effort and get up um for for dinner and then go straight back to bed again um it's thankfully now I would be able to to do a lot more but it's taken a long long time to get to this point and there's many people that are still like I was last December and that's a year later they're still in that situation and they haven't improved at the rate that I have again each person is individual and depending on what support and treatments they're getting the faster or slower they might progress along their their long COVID journey. And the reality is that we don't really, really know hmm. what causes long COVID yet. We're getting very close to knowing that. And there, when we do know what causes it, then we'll probably understand better how to treat it. Hmm. But for now, the kind of big, broad things that, that the medical profession um, will tell you is to rest, absolutely as much as you can Mm. take care of your general health and I mean how many of us are 
burning the candles at both ends. You know, I'm, when I got sick, I was, you know, working 50, 60 hours at least um, a week on a regular basis. You know, two young kids trying to have a bit of a social life, uh, do a whole load of other things in between exercise. And you just you your, your body was probably exhausted before you even got sick. Mm-hmm. Now, Tanya, you, you and I know each other since the 90s. I remember working with you down at the old Cork Week in Crosshaven. That's you right. were always a ball of energy. You were <laughs> yeah. always on the go. That's not yeah. that, that's just not possible anymore. No, no. And for someone like me, I mean, you, I can't even believe you remember that. But for someone like me who's used to being on all the time and very busy and very active, the mental toll yeah. that it takes having to come down a gear or 20 is very, very, very tough. Very tough. Yeah. You told me that your background is in science. Was that mm-hmm. what prompted you to get involved with the research at UCC? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, yes, I mean... I I was in a couple of support groups online, a couple international ones, a very big one on Slack out of New York, 70,000 plus people. A lot of them are medical professionals who got sick in the early waves of COVID and so are, are you know, specialists almost in, in the field of COVID and long COVID, as well as being sufferers themselves. And then I got involved in, in groups in Ireland, support groups, which are fantastic um, source of support. And I kept on asking questions that I thought were very simple, things like how many people have long COVID in Ireland? You know, do we have diagnostic guidelines? Where can I go to download um, key information and data? And and people were coming back saying, nope, that doesn't exist. That isn't available. And I was like, that's that's really strange. But they have these kind of things in the UK and they have it in the US. And why don't we have it here? And I just was curious. And then I realized that actually we didn't have that data. So a chance conversation um, with Professor Liam O'Mani in, in UCC at the um, APC Microbiome, we were talking about long COVID, it came up in a, in a conversation, and he said, yeah, the, we don't have data about that. And I went, 
don't you think we should do something about that? And him being a scientist, of course, got really excited very fast. And he was doing and is about to publish a very key piece of research around COVID um, and their analysis um, that they did at the time, at the beginning of the the pandemic. And they followed a number of patients from infection to to post-infection and see how they've been going but we didn't have the number of community infections. So they, those studies, most of the information we have in Ireland is based on people who are hospitalized, people who are very sick on respirators, intensive care. But like me, there's thousands, if maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who had mild symptoms. At the time in Ireland, you often didn't meet the diagnostic criteria for getting a PCR test. So you didn't even have a, a positive test and you had COVID at home and you struggled on with a bit of paracetamol and a bit of bed rest and chicken soup, you know? Um, and so that's why I said, well, if the, if the data isn't there, how in the name of God can we provide services and treatment plans for, for the amount of long COVID people there are? And that's why I got involved primarily. Um, it's an unusual enough situation that a patient is helping to drive medical research. That's not usually the norm in medical research. Usually it comes kind of from the top down. But in this instance, and with COVID and the pandemic in general, the information and the way that studies are being developed is very much driven by patient experience. So I think maybe that might be a good thing coming out of it, that in the future, patients might be more involved, uh, which is no harm, it can only cause good in terms of designing research and, and doing appropriate types of research. On the opinion line, we first began to talk about long COVID September 2020. I spoke to a woman mm-hmm. in Scotland. And I'd say within an hour of that call, we'd had two or three calls from people. There are so many people out there with varying degrees of it. And last week on the program, I was talking to Dr. Nabarro from the World Health Organization. And he said, we probably won't know the full extent of how bad this is until COVID itself is on the wane. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably true, because right now every medical system around the world is firefighting. And we're dealing with the immediate urgency and the immediate pandemic. But this is a whole pandemic in itself, um, waiting in the wings or, or a silent epidemic that's sitting there. And PJ, a lot of people might not know they have long COVID. The research is pointing to the fact that somewhere between, and studies vary by country and there's no kind of clear cut number, but somewhere between 10 and 40% of all people who get infected by COVID go on to develop some version of long COVID. That could be a mild or severe case of long COVID. So that means you could have a tiny little sniffle, no cough, no temperature, feel fine after four days, um, go back to life and then be hit by long COVID. You could be a marathon runner. And I know people who are extreme sports enthusiasts, who are professional sports people who've been hit by long COVID. It doesn't um, distinguish between gender. It doesn't distinguish between your fitness level. There are some indicators that it has something to do with your general state of health at the time that you got sick, but there's no conclusive evidence yet. So the best, I mean, the best guess we we have is that if you take all of the COVID infections in Ireland, you could be looking at about 40% of that cohort of people who have long COVID. That's a pretty serious 40%. number of people. It could be, yeah. Wow. That, that's varying degrees of long COVID, as it were. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And the symptoms are so variable, a bit like COVID itself, uh, the infection, although long COVID symptoms are, there's now, I think, been documented well over 100 symptoms of long COVID. So for one person, they could have ongoing headaches and tiredness. For someone else, they could have gastro problems and have constant diarrhea um, all the time. And they would be going to see their doctor and the doctors would be looking at symptoms and we'd be saying, you know, I'll refer you to gastroenterologist consultant somewhere. You'll be way on the waiting list for a year for that. Meanwhile, you're getting sicker the whole time, potentially. So it's difficult enough to diagnose, um, let alone treat. So people, I think, could do well with being a little bit more aware of the general symptoms of long COVID mm. to maybe join up some dots themselves and kind of, if they have maybe six or 10 of the hundred symptoms and, and, and did have an infection of COVID to go to their primary healthcare doctor and say, look, is there any chance this could be long COVID and try and get a referral to, to see a, a specialist on it. Mm. How does it make you feel when people still, Tanya, dismiss COVID as that's ah, only a cold, it's only a bit of an old flu, get over yourself. And they're out there, many of them. There are. Um, luckily, luckily, I don't have people like that in my circle, but I, I have read the stories and certainly people in our support groups, they have families, some of them even have spouses who who uh, poo-poo the idea that, you know, COVID is anything serious and even long COVID doesn't exist. In fact, some doctors denied long COVID even existed initially. I think that's significantly changed now. Um, it's difficult. I mean, the lived experience of someone gives you, of course, a, a position of authority and you're able to speak from, from a place of knowledge. I had a very mild infection by all accounts compared to some of my friends and who had more serious um, COVID illness. But yet I've spent 19 months of my life suffering from long COVID and, and it's life limiting. It's day to day for you now. It is. It is. You you don't know. We're having a conversation here. You're in good form. You don't know tomorrow. Could you have this conversation? I don't. No, I don't. And I probably, after this conversation, will not be able to talk much for the rest of the day, which my family might say is no harm. <laughs> but um, but wow. my oxygen will be quite low after speaking for, for a while, yes. Well, I won't keep you too long more. Except <laughs> as, do you ever worry, Tanya? that this might, I mean, you're in your 40s. Do you ever yeah. worry that this this is it, that you won't get back to 100% fitness? Interestingly, I don't actually. Um, probably because I've been reading a lot of science and I've been speaking to, to a lot of scientists and, and I take part in a couple of studies globally as well on long COVID. The, the information that we do know, and that's, Again, every day, every month, we learn more and more about this um, pandemic and also about long COVID. That time is a great healer. Um, if you give your body the right conditions to be able to heal, then it will heal better. And I think when I made that discovery for myself, things started to improve significantly. Do you know who told, who who gave, who said a, told me a little story and he was absolutely right again Prof Liam um, I'm a big fan he <laughs> he makes science very accessible um, he said you know years ago there were sanatoriums 
Um, there was a couple in Cork. Uh, he mm. specifically was at a couple in, in Switzerland in the summer doing some some research. And people used to take off for three, six, nine, sometimes 12 months at a time post some illness in order to recover. And it'd be a lot of fresh air and good food and rest. Who, who in this modern life has the time to do that? Who? Or the resources mm. or the money. And that's actually probably most of what we need is time off from life, good nutrition, total rest and time out so that your body can help itself to heal. But the more you put your body under pressure to get up every day to go to work or to take care of whatever other duties you have, that's prevent that's taking that energy away from the healing activity. So um, I think when the penny dropped, when that penny dropped for me, I went, you know what, if I actually invest the time more than money, but the time into giving myself the right conditions to rest and recuperate, then I'm going to get better. And now, as I said, I'm probably about 80 percent. Um, and that's due to mainly to that, to giving myself the right time and to giving myself the right conditions in terms of nutrition and health and in, increasing everything in my life to, to, to make me more healthy. And you need support to that and you get it. I'm very lucky. I recognise that I'm very lucky. I have quite the new man at home who's a better cook and housekeeper than I am <laughs> and who doesn't mind doing it. Um and does it differently, and that's fine. But he's he's had to take on the lion's share of all of that, along with his own work, um, in order to be able to let me rest and recuperate. And hopefully, um, you know, that 80% that I'm at now will be 100% in, in the not-too-distant future, and I'll be able to repay the favour to him. <laughs> well, Tanya, I wish you well with getting that extra 20% back. And thanks for being with me today and speaking so openly on the Opinion Line. No problems. I think there's a lot of value for people to hear someone's story and let them know that it's okay to go ask for help and to advocate for yourself. That's something I've had to learn through this journey is if you think you might, if you suspect you might have long COVID, go to your GP. Don't let them fob you off. Get lots and lots of tests done and get referred to one of the long COVID clinics so that you can get the treatment. Because although it might take a while to be seen by someone, just knowing that you're on a waiting list, sometimes it gives a little bit of a psychological boost that something is going to be done. You know, there's also some great um, PJ would be really good to mention some of the support groups because I think people find them very, very useful. Um, on Facebook, um, Long COVID Ireland support group. If anybody is um, needing support, we're all Long COVID sufferers in there. Um, and it's an amazing bunch of people if you ever need a little bit of, of help and a pick-me-up and a bit of gallows humour <laughs> at times. <laughs> Tanya, good luck to you. Thanks. Thanks a million. Courts 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.